All right, so uh, welcome back to another episode of Look What I Did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a special guest intro yeah. host today, mm-hmm. uh, Nikki Luna. Hey, guys. He flew in from New York. Just, just for, for this. this. There's another sandwich moment. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy. Um, so thanks, Nick, for stopping by. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But yeah, actually, yeah. we'll have your episode out probably in a couple of weeks. We'll try to land it um, kind of with some of those events you have coming up. So a little teaser hint there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, tonight is, or today, I guess, is Mark, Mark McCann, mm-hmm. who is one of the screenwriters on the movie Beautifully, Beautifully Broken. Broken. which is releases it Beautifully Broken? Beautifully Broken. Beautifully Broken. Which releases this Friday, August 24th, uh, in, I believe, close to 900 theaters nationwide. Yeah. Um, That's big theatrical right there. It, yeah. This yeah. is... Considering. Uh, hashtag Hollywood. Hot take. Yeah. Right um so yeah we're super excited about this interview it was a great interview it's something i've known for a long time it was fun catching up um definitely excited to share it with you guys so roll it yeah this one's gonna be interesting because i've known mark for a really 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 long time over 20 years i think over 20 years yeah he quit talking to me about 15 years ago i think was when <laughs> i think i moved away <laughs> i moved away moved away like bunny years he moved away to springdale yeah so far it does seem like another world at I times i can't make it anymore um so you didn't make it either anyway so first off we'll start with uh, who you are and what you do well the reason we invited you over yeah. what you do okay well my name is mark mccann and i am officially now quote unquote a screenwriter well, you've been a screenwriter for a long time, though, right? Yes, but there's a difference between being a screenwriter and getting paid to do something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Does this mean that you're a professional screenwriter now? Um, can you label mean, yourself can, that? Can I make a profession out of it, or am I getting a few paychecks here and there? Because I certainly want to want to try to live off of it. Which bar is closer to the bar Aaron would set? <laughs> a low Which bar. Is, yes, <laughs> a low bar. I guess I could say that I am a paid screenwriter. There you go. Excellent, so excellent. Uh, what a man! There's so many things I'd like. What are you? What does that mean <laughs> exactly? It's I know what a screenwriter is. I'm not saying okay. that. It's just like what what entails being the difference of like a professional screenwriter. Is it just your opinion? Okay. Uh, basically, I have about twelve or thirteen scripts that are sitting on a desk gathering dust. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's making them. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the difference between being like a screenwriter and like a like a prose writer um, is, you know, if, if you write a book, you know, you can self-publish. Wow. If you write a screenplay and nobody wants to produce it, it just sits there. Nobody sees it. So, um, one thing about being getting a, being a quote unquote produced screenplay uh, or a screenwriter is you, you have something out there that people are actually viewing. So, and you have something pretty, I would say, pretty big coming up. The um, biggest so far for me, yeah. <laughs> By um, the time this one actually releases, it'll be this Friday, because this will we'll release this the Monday okay. of that mm-hmm. week. Uh, and I do want to get to that. But yes. um, you've, you've been writing for a long time. That's really actually how you and I kind of started talking. I was say, yeah, we worked at the mall together, and I think we the movie the topic of movies came up. Right. And, uh, and so we became friends. And uh, basically, yeah, I've been writing for like 25 years, uh, just hammering away. And you've, <laughs> had, and you've had varying levels of, you've kind of had those stutter, start, right, kind of stop, right. back step a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know that you had, so you had one movie, a short film. Mm-hmm. That six, yeah. went into some contest type things, right? How did that all come together? Okay, uh, Cabin Six, basically, the idea for that. Let's start there. My wife and I went to Devil's Den State Park uh, here in Arkansas, and we stayed in Cabin Six. And it's really cool because these things are like built in the 1930s uh, by the CCC, the Civilian Conservation Corps, and in them they keep journals for the guests. And these things date back years. So we spent hours going through these things, and it was just fascinating uh, the reasons people came to the park. Like, I'm here to escape an abusive relationship, or we're here on our honeymoon, or our 50th anniversary, and just, you know, a myriad of, of things. And I said, man, that'd make a really cool, you know, story. Well, it was about 10 pages worth of story. <laughs> I wrote it out, and I was like, well, this wasn't quite a feature that I was hoping for. Uh, did you double space? Uh, yeah, I tri- <laughs> triple space. Margins are three inches wide on the yeah. side. Story's yeah. two inches wide. In the- page one, fade in. Page two, some dialogue. Um, so I wrote that, and it came out to about 10 pages. And I was like, well, okay, maybe someone will make it as a short 
Uh, people are always looking for shorts because basically your short films are calling cards. Um, they're showcases. Uh, they want to showcase their talents, whether it's director, actors, or whatever. They're just kind of, this is what I can do. Uh-huh. Um, so I posted it online after I wrote it, and within 24 hours, I actually had three offers to make it. And I was like, oh. Okay, well, this kind of struck a chord with people. So once I did my homework on each three of the filmmakers, I settled on a guy named Mike McCaffrey. He was a film student out of uh, Los Angeles. And uh, I liked the way his style. I liked the way he did things. I liked his reels. So I said, Mike, you can, I'm, I'm, I'm picking you. And he said, great. So he went out and spent uh, three, three or four days, uh, $3,000 out of his own pocket and made this thing. Turned out to be like a 25-minute uh, short film. Hmm. And uh, once he made it, it it really just kind of we we dubbed it the the little film that could because it just never stopped. Um, for some reason, it just seemed to resonate with people. Uh, he entered it into contests. It won like best show. Um, it won like the Demoff Film Festival. Um, it just kept surprising us. Uh, it even really took off when uh, he was approached by a distributor and said, hey, we want to put this out on DVD and streaming. And we're like, what? It's a short film. It's just kind of unheard of for, for short films to do that. So, yeah, it was just a, a, amazing what the, what, what the film did. And so it was a total surprise. Didn't it get packaged with another movie at one point, like a Target? Um, where you could... Let's see. It was a Christian like video. Yeah, fireproof. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. they actually did like a two for one type, type deal. And we used to joke that, yeah, we helped fireproof. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Total joke. Total joke. But yeah. Uh, so from then I, th- so I've actually read a couple of your scripts though. I'm sorry. I sat on the show. <laughs> Um, I can't I have give to have you time that back. helps me go to sleep. So yeah, there you really go. Oh. <laughs> um, getting, no, no, no. Uh, first of all, Mark was the person that gave me a lot of tips on writing, mm-hmm. um, which I've mastered zero of. Uh, introduced me to a writing software program that kind of helped me mm-hmm. a little bit as well. So, but uh, one one of the ideas that sat around and has sat around, I think, but I may be getting some facts mixed up here, but you have one about the kids going back to World War II, yes, which has a very Spielberg type <laughs> flair. And didn't that go? That got to some producers' hands at one point. It didn't did. It? Um, it actually got to Warner Brothers, but they passed. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, that budget would have been so huge that nobody really wanted to touch it, just because of the the it's it's a period piece, has lots of special effects, explosions. I mean, everything that could up a budget. That's it's all there. Exactly. Yeah. Amazon will pay a billion dollars for something now. I don't know if you're aware, but yeah. they bought Lord of the Rings for like a billion dollars. So I feel <laughs> budgets have it. Are, yeah, for real. Wow. You know, that's already been released. <laughs> no, they're making a TV show. You know, we already saw all the stuff we cared about. Now we get to see all the other stuff. <laughs> sort of like a movie about the baker and the candlestick maker. Um <laughs> Into the woods. So, <laughs> I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that either. Actually, no. oh. it's a musical, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Which I love that's musicals. Why. That's not why I haven't seen really? it. Greatest Showman was really good. It was uh, a good one. Would you ever See, write I a keep... musical? I would love to. Hmm. It's just that they're so hard to get made. La La Land, I think, kind of opened some doors. But the Greatest Showman, and definitely. Greatest Showman, yeah, yeah that, that came afterwards. Kind of. Les Mis. Les Mis. Yeah. I met Hugh Jackman. That once. is, that is my. Oh friend. really? I did. When really? he came here. When or... he came here. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow! Did he ask if you've ever met Kevin Bacon? He. he... <laughs> I actually don't remember. I was so starstruck. I'm like looking oh. at him. He's like, "How you doing?" I'm like, "Wolverine is talking to me." <laughs> it was so surreal. I don't even remember. He was ranked the other day in Rolling Stone as the number one best superhero of all time. Yeah. Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. I like it. Mm. Also, the longest played by one person <laughs> role of all time. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Just uh, so where I having read some of your stuff, you have a definitely a kind of a wide range of what you yes like things yeah. that catch your interest. Where so I guess to reference those things, so we have Cabin in the Woods, which is mm-hmm. um, kind of a husband and wife love story. Cabin Six, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a drama. It's a chick. I say Cabin in the Woods. You said Cabin <laughs> in the Woods. Definitely not Cabin in the Woods. The total <laughs> opposite. We, we you yeah. know what we can edit as usual. Uh, <laughs> Cabin six, sorry. That's fine. Um, cabin six. Cabin six, cabin six. Yeah. But it's a really tender, <laughs> yes. introspective movie. Have you seen it? No, where's this? It, uh, you can, it's streaming on Amazon. Uh, you can check it out there. Or I think they, they've actually posted it. Michael, should, uh, 
post it on YouTube, so you can watch it for yeah. free. I mean, we have to. Look we that just up switch this whole interview yeah. and just make it a like author commentary and just watch. <laughs> <laughs> you know that wouldn't be such a bad idea. Uh, we could watch it and then just come back anyway. Cabin Six, which was made. Mm-hmm. The first script I ever read from you was one about the serial killer. Oh, oh, oh like, yeah, yeah. Um, something safe, I think. I just had a total <laughs> brain lapse. You, uh, we make you nervous. Paraxis. No, no, no. I was trying to remember. Yeah, yeah it was basically the guy that's, uh, he was a serial killer. He liked to find out what made people feel safe and then use it against them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so he like, yeah. one of the best scenes in that, or one, the one that stands out, so I can't say best scene, but he goes to like a bank yes, and yes. sends a bomb in through the thing and it's trapped behind the bulletproof glass with the teller. So that it, 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 it oh. gets her, so but he, protects yeah, him. Yeah, protects yes. him so oh. he can yeah. see it happen. That was the opening, um, that was the hook. That I don't think I've yeah. ever seen that yeah, no, it's 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 a super cool. Then mm-hmm. you're also like, uh, what do I think about the guy that just gave this to me randomly? Like, <laughs> is this a manifesto? Uh, Daniel, it's all... read so this, why did Daniel. you stop becoming a police officer? <laughs> uh, Forced out, or so? Uh, there's that. Then the World War II one was the World next War one II. I read. I'm actually writing as a novel. Oh, cool. Yeah, that then uh, then the next well. There's been some other things I've talked with you about kind of in passing, but I don't mm-hmm. know where, and I hadn't read them. Uh, and then the movie that's coming out in a couple of days. And so all of these, though, are wildly different premises. Oh, yes. yes. Where I know that a lot of thoughts cross your mind, right? Mm-hmm. But there's only a few that really kind of jump out and grab you enough to really get you behind the computer screen. Right. What is it that is there? Is there a through line between those ideas? That's the thing that kind of draws you. You know, I've kind of found my niche is the is it niche or niche? I've I've heard niche. I've heard niche. I've heard niche. I've heard both. Yeah, but I mean that's like quiche. Hey, kish. Is that the rule? (laughs) (laughs) It's a cover band. I'm gonna have some kish later today. Yes. Um, Basically, my repertoire consists of drama mm. but my key seems to be kind of history mixed with drama mm. and i love to compare today to yesterday that's one like world war ii the the the, the, the one you're talking about right it's, right it's, i actually changed the title it's called uh world war 2.1 now back then it was called uh w2k or okay, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, world yeah. war 2k yeah. yeah world war 2k um so i kind of like like to compare and the same thing with the cabin six is you know people reading in the past uh, compared to people today so that, right. that's kind of what i what i'm drawn towards is a historic matter of fact i wrote a move or a, a screenplay it won a came in fourth place worldwide um it was called soil soldiers and basically that was about the civilian conservation corps so i love history and i love drama and if i can mix those two together that's great Gotcha. Um, the movie that's coming up. Uh, I mean, is, we don't have to keep it. I don't know okay. why I'm teasing. Yeah, it no, so that's fine. We keep just yeah. <laughs> yeah say it's it good. Name. It's reveal. Say yeah. its name. <laughs> it's called Beautifully Broken. Uh, it's a faith-based movie, mm-hmm. and uh, this one is about. Uh, I was I wasn't the lead writer. Uh, I was one of uh, maybe about four or five writers actually. Uh, they liked. As a matter of fact, it was Cabin Six that that got them in. Um, Cabin Six. I wrote. Because it went so phenomenal and did some things that we never expected, I was like, "Why don't we make this into a feature-length film?" So I wrote the feature-length. That script was picked up by a producer named uh, Brad Allen. Uh, Brad Allen did uh, "I'm Not Ashamed," and he's part of a, uh, a group called Big Film Factory. He's the one that said, "Hey, Mark, we like what you did on uh, on Cabin Six and Crossed," which later became Crossed Hearts, and said, uh, "Would you mind doing some rewrites on this?" And back then, it was called Letters to Rwanda. But the thing about that film, this film is it's it's a drama, but it's true story. So it was uh, take uh, took place during the uh, Rwandan genocide. So again, history mixed with drama. Right. And that's that's one thing that I'm really drawn to. And in in this movie, are you writing about actual events? Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead. I was gonna say um, they actually had the script uh, about ninety percent completed when they mm-hmm. when they got brought me on board because, like I said, they uh, they wanted my dialogue was what they and uh, what they uh, kind of pitched said, hey Mark, can you want to take a pass at this? I was like, sure, because I love writing witty dialogue, uh, just maybe because I'm such a smart aleck. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I think dialogue's tough oh, to yeah. write. Good dialogue, uh, yeah. Um, sometimes it, 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 it's something that has to sound natural mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not forced and. and 
I would like to think that maybe I come up with some stuff every now and then. <laughs> I don't know, but that was the reason they, they called me. It's like, hey, let's, and so I did the dialogue on, on some of that. And, uh, of course, I changed a couple of other things, too. But I was there. It's like, hey, what if we did this, you know, or what if, you know, and, oh, yeah, yeah, we like that. So right. uh, that's how I got on board. Dialogue to me is delicate because it has to sound natural yeah. and then not actually be a natural conversation at all. Right. Because it has to be interesting. Yeah. 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 And we never say what we oh, yeah. mean, yeah. you know, so... I don't know. I think yeah, I, there's are... a few movies where if the dialogue to me is not great, then the actors do a bad job at the bad dialogue. It's just like, well, this is a cheap and it, like a mm. cheap movie, like a, a C or D first movie, three star Wars movies. I like the third <laughs> In order one. the last 45 minutes. Just saying anyway. Yes. Like that. But like other things where it's like, uh, whereas having a good dialogue is to me, it's very important. Even if they oh, just yeah. talk a lot, you yeah. know, it's just like, Oh, but this is, more natural to me, you know, of like, well, it doesn't always have to be natural either. I think mm -hmm. if you think about, uh, Wes Anderson or some of those guys who have mm -hmm. very unnatural dialogue, but the dialogue, Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino, yes. right? yeah. mm -hmm. uh, it has its own poetry to it in a way, like its own mm -hmm. rhythm that kind of carries you along. What was that movie? It was, uh, was it Cody Diablo? Was that, um, what was the movie uh, about the, uh, the pregnant girl? Oh, uh, Juno. Juno. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, that, and I think great dialogue. Yeah. 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 And that can definitely you can you can get away with a lot on a budget level and even technique a little bit if the dialogue is solid. Yeah, because you'll follow that. The selling point for most scripts, uh, I'd say, a good ninety to ninety-five percent of them is going to be your budget. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be the de uh, determining factors of whether it gets made. So, I mean, you know, sometimes good drama is just two people in a room arguing. So you better have something <laughs> that keeps the audience's yeah. attention. Right. Uh, dialogue is one of them. So it's, yeah. it's a very a strong attribute. Yeah. And I, Well, I think when you start out writing, you kind of mentioned it, the things that are most likely to get made are going to be the things that aren't requiring a lot of budget. Right, right. And therefore, you kind of almost have to lean yeah. more on the dialogue. When, and I think you see a lot of strong first films out of sometimes screenwriters. And then as they have the budget is... Endless yep. things like let's do an Blair Witch Project, <clears throat> Michael Bay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Blair Witch One was great, made on a shoestring. Blair Witch Two, yeah. Well, and even Jaws, which is held back by yes budget constraints. You know, Jaws even in the a ability, yeah. movie and doesn't have maybe the best dialogue in the world. Uh, we're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, but yeah. what he does with technique with what he does uh -huh. is really well, what kind of pulls him through. What made Jaws so spectacular was you hardly ever saw the shark. Right. And yep. that was for special oh, effects reasons because it would cost more. Yeah. But I think, and a lot of people think this too, that by not seeing the shark, that was a great element. Oh, so, it's yeah. just, yeah. we. I talked about Jaws this morning and I'm not even kidding. Uh -huh. Like as a kid, and I'm just going to admit this to everyone, I can't swim as an adult now still. Right? Right. But as a kid, it was scary for me to get into the pool. You know, if we'd go somewhere, I it freaked me out to have something floating on the water because yeah. I couldn't see under it. And it was that that, that part moment. of that movie yeah. that you the sang. The opening that. scene? Oh, yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, it's the same thing Where'd with like, <laughs> yeah, there's, nothing, there's something under your bed. You can't see it. But it freaked me out, and it worked. Yeah. That's what made that one works so well i, I still don't go in the ocean yeah. there's things in there bigger than me something <laughs> icky might touch your foot hey look what i did man go to look uh what uh, sorry sorry <clears throat> okay yeah. uh, yo you're listening to look what i did l w i d project dot com <laughs> lwid project on instagram look what i did on facebook man uh and you can also if you want access to raw uncut audio and some video uh you can go to our patreon page mm -hmm. look what i did on patreon and throw us a buck that's all it takes yeah. and that'll get you access to some raw uncut audio yeah shenanigans footage is that yes. a thing it, all right well, it is by the footage i guess right <laughs> Sure, if we had actual tape <laughs> and digital footage. So now we're going to get back with Mark McCann, uh, the screenwriter for Beautifully Broken. Ooh. Enjoy. So this movie is, you got called into, there's a term for it, but kind of 
clean up the script a little bit. Rewrite. Punch up yeah. Rewrite. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on the dialogue. So it's going to be released, um, and it's getting a pretty sizable nationwide release. Uh, over 700 theaters, last count. Yeah. And I was totally amazed by that because uh, you know, this thing actually started four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so they asked me to do the rewrites. I said, sure. Turned it in, and then it kind of went dead for a while. Mm-hmm. I, was like, I didn't hear anything. And then uh, I got some uh, some kind of some feedback saying, oh, by the way, we were shooting down in uh, uh, New Orleans. No, I'm sorry, Baton Rouge. Uh, Louisiana. They were shooting down in Louisiana. Oh, cool. Okay, so it's going into production. And then they did some shooting down in uh, South Africa also. But then after that, three years, just nothing. I'm like, okay, did this thing die? Or, you know, what happened with this? Um, but then all of a sudden this last January, they're like, okay, we got uh, the, the trailer out. Oh, great. You know, and you always hope for a, a movie to, to get a theatrical release. Mm-hmm. But the reality is a lot of films just go either direct to streaming or direct to video. Um, but when the trailer came out, I was like, oh, cool. What's what's going on? And then at the end, it's like coming to theaters. I'm like, wow, really? So that's funny. So you didn't even know. No. I didn't. found you, out from. Here's some other funny thing. I don't know if you guys are into Christian music at all. Yeah. Do uh, you know who Toby Mac is? Yeah. Okay, he's in the movie, really? <laughs> and I didn't know it for the longest time. I'm looking at the uh, the because you know as a writer you always wonder, okay, what is the, that character going to look like? Right. Yeah, what what actor did they get? So I'm looking through the credits on IMDb, and I see this guy named like Toby McKeenan playing mm-hmm. himself, and I'm like, who's that? Did he see Yeah, I'm like later. I'm like taking. I'm seeing pictures of him on the, on the set, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> Toby Mac got it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm though. an idiot. Yeah. yeah. So, and then uh, uh, Michael W. Smith also he plays a uh, pastor, okay. Pastor Henry, okay. uh, yeah. So he's in there, and so just the, the things keep getting bigger and bigger, and I'm just like, wow! I was totally surprised. Um, then they started releasing uh, music. the uh, The title uh, track was released on three different genres: uh, one pop by uh, uh, Plum, uh, one uh, uh, country by John Barry, and one um, gospel uh, by C.C. Weenand. So all of a sudden these music videos start coming out. And then the other day, my son and I are walking around the, the mall up there and he's like, dad, I'm like, what? You know, I'm thinking a truck's coming at us or something. <laughs> he goes, listen. I'm like, oh, that's the song. They're playing it at the mall. So were those songs written for the movie? The, uh, I believe it was written for the movie, but there was like, I said, there's three different versions right. so that they could cover three different, uh, three different genres. genres yeah. Gotcha. That's interesting. Yeah. Now in the, in the movie, at the end credits, they play all three and kind of interwo- uh, interweave them. Oh, so, that's actually really cool. Yeah. So, so what what does this do for you, opportunity wise? Like Cabin Six, in a weird way, is kind of more than paid for itself. Cabin Six has opened so many doors as far as like you know it actually got something produced and people can actually look at it. And, right. And and, and and it's I'll be honest, it's totally awesome seeing your name you know up there on the screen. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, it's one of the best things. Part you know best memories I've ever had was just sitting in the movie theater and watching my name pop up and then people watching the movie and like listening to them sniffle and cry and you know because you know you've touched them it's like you know, it sounds weird like haha they're crying no it's yeah. it's awesome because well, you know that you've touched them that's a pretty those kinds of stories always get me in the feels you know yeah, and yeah. I think I also I was going through a period of time and I still do and I cannot remember the name of this actor uh, but he was the dad in Big Fish oh um, Albert Finney is that who it is? Yep. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we'll yeah. go with that. I, uh, I looked it up. It's. <laughs> I don't mean just now, but. But he's just mm-hmm. like. I really started. I, for some reason, I went through a period of time where older actors became really fascinating to me when they mm-hmm. got meaty parts because a lot of times they're just kind of almost scenery, like they fill out the background right. of the family reunion shot or whatever, but they don't a lot of times get the lead part, and it, so I was. It was as a person who likes the idea of being able to act, I found it fascinating to watch somebody who's honed a craft for oh, yeah. a long period of time, yeah. really execute it well. And I think they bring a certain level of uh, gravitas True. and emotion to a role that a, a younger person is not going to have as much there to tap into. Right. It just from their own personal experience. And so cabin six landed right in that time of me going through all these movies that were really starring right. Albert Finney, apparently who mm-hmm. I really like, I just yeah. fell down the rabbit hole with him, a couple other people. And you have an actor that if I had to go off memory, I would think was Albert Finney. Like it was very similar 
probably age range and just his acting was unbelievable in cabin six. Oh, uh, Jim Burns, you mean? Mm-hmm. Or, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your actor in cabin six was yeah. Uh, phenomenal. It played the, played the lead. Yeah. Dan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was uh, Jim Burns. Uh, still talk to him to this day. Uh, matter of fact, I sent him a beautifully broken cap the yeah. other day. And, does uh, he work regularly? Or? He doesn't. Uh, he actually had a, uh, a I don't want to say disability, but a, um, a medical uh, issue mm-hmm. that prevents him from. And matter of fact, when he was filming Cabin Six, he was in constant pain. You don't know it. But, it shows uh, on his face. It just came out as like emotional internal. Yeah, pain. there you go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but he, he doesn't get around as well as he would like to. So. I don't think he's done anything since, but he did a phenomenal job, and like I said, we're friends to this day. Yeah. But, uh, um, sorry, I kind of dodged your question there. Uh, you said opportunities. Uh, beautifully Broken, the cool thing about it is um, Brad introduced me to uh, another guy named Kevin Otto. Uh, Kevin had a movie come out uh, last Thanksgiving. Uh, it was called A Question of Faith. And Kevin Otto said or he got a hold of me and introduced to brad allen said hey i've got this script i want to write so i wrote that for him and then kevin otto turned around and turned me to another guy named kevin rushing and mm-hmm. said hey if we're going into production you know on this script can you do some rewrites on that one so i rewrote that script that one's coming out next year uh, it's called fearless faith so um it's just opportunity it's just kind of like dominoes just tick, 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 and right i am so grateful <laughs> well rewriting so I, I thought about this. What's your take on rewriting versus coming up? Like when, what's your take on rewriting versus coming up with an original thing? You know, I've, I've actually thought about this before. Writing is like trudging through eight feet of snow, not knowing where you're going, and you're trying to break headway, and you're cold, and you're shivering. <laughs> and alone. And alone. And rewriting is basically picking up a rock that's already been polished and turning it into a diamond. Um, that's the difference. Uh, writing is, it's taxing. Uh, rewriting is like, Oh, wait a minute. And you get inspirations every now and then. Right. And say, I can chip this corner off or I can combine this or I can do this. And it just kind of feeds itself. Um, so yeah, there's a big difference between writing and rewriting. Do you like it more or do they both have kind of their own? I do like rewriting. Uh, it just depends on what, how many rewrites. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, if you're rewritten the same thing four or five times, it can get a little old. Right. But uh, generally, the first couple of times are great because you're like, "Ooh, how can I change this to make it better?" Or you know, or wait a minute, why didn't I see that before? You know, there's a big glaring hole in the script, or you know, something like that. So I, I kind of like rewriting. Yeah, that's and it's something that I don't think anybody. You probably didn't wake up and say, I want to be a rewriter of script, right? I, everything I was... never even thought I'd be writing scripts. I'll be right. honest. I got into this by totally by accident. How I don't yeah, think how? that you sit down at a computer by accident. Well, <laughs> that... I've been waiting to ask that. It's like, okay. how do you go from well, law then... enforcement to I want to know if that monkey's okay. in Shakespeare thing is true. <laughs> yeah. I'll just punch the keys and see what comes out. Exactly. Oh, sure, what's a script? Oh, yeah. I was hoping okay. for a poem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. Interior. Interior of your cabin day. Uh, now, it's, uh, now, I have been writing my whole life, ever since I was a kid. Um, even when I was little, I would lug my grandmother's uh, you know, manual typewriter around. So I was always writing something, but I never, nobody ever told me I could be a writer. Okay. I know that kind of sounds weird, but like in school, they don't teach you. Okay, you know, they, they shove books at you and tell you to read them. Look, mm-hmm. you know, read Lord of the Flies or The Outsiders or whatever. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. We read them. They never told you that you could write them. You know, that's one thing in school that I was never told you could be a writer if you want to. Nobody ever said that. So I've been writing my whole life, but it never really dawned to me that I could do it, you know, in this capacity. And what happened was um, way back 25-something years ago, I was, uh, this is when the internet was in its infancy. You know, still dial up, you know, that kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, I'm in an AOL chat room about movies, you know, fellow movie nerds. And one guy's heading is like a movie producer. And of course, again, back, this is back in the day when you see someone that says movie producer, you don't, you know, not as red flags go up. But back then it was like, oh, if you're a movie producer, cool. I've got an idea for a movie. And so he's like, well, what's your idea? And so I told him, he's like, well, that sounds interesting. Why don't you send me a few pages? I'm like, what? send you a few pages i was like okay so a few years before that 
my buddies and I had bought, uh, basically it's the Bible of screenwriting. It's called Sid, uh, screenwriting by Sid Field. And we bought that because we were going to write one of these eighties, you know, campy comedies that were so prevalent back then. We never did it. We got into like 50, 60 pages in and it died, but he still had the book. So I got a hold of him and said, Hey, uh, do you still have that book? He's like, yeah. I said, I, I think I need it. So he gave it to me. I read it and I was like, okay, so this is what he's looking for. The first 10 pages or whatever. It's the setup. Uh, and so I wrote that and he's like, okay, cool. Send me, you know, the first act. I'm like, first act. What's that? <laughs> so <laughs> I have to read more of the screenwriting you, book. Uh, exactly. Why don't you tell me what that is as if you think I don't know what it is. So I know you know what it is. Right? <laughs> so I wrote the first act, sent it to him. He's like, cool. I like this. Send me the whole script. I'm like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> At that point, you're one third of the way done. Yeah, so. exactly. So I was like, um, now I just have to write the script. So I wrote the script. I mean, I cranked it out. As a matter of fact, I was working at the mall. Right. I was a night security guard, so I had lots of time to spare <clears throat> between rounds. And uh, But I was kept absolutely safe. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Actually, this was on the midnight shift. This oh, was the good. midnight so shift. I was home asleep. Oh, yes. So um, in between rounds, I would you know work on the script. I got it cranked out in a week and uh, sent it to him. That's Oliver Stone fast. Oh, gosh. It, it was How a, many hours a day? Oh, yeah, eight, ten wow. at least. and uh, All of the time he was supposed to be patrolling the mall. <laughs> I still did. Yeah. So People I sent it. slower yeah. back then. Put the car oh, on cruise was, control yeah. and just steer with your knee. Oh, you were driving. The, <laughs> they had the little Jeep that I don't, you drive around yeah, the outside. Were, I don't think we had laptops back then. Oh, good point. <laughs> so no pad while driving on the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they so, can see you coming with the interior light on. <laughs> what are you doing? Nothing. Nothing. So yeah, I sent the script to them, and uh, nothing came of it. Uh, well, I'd say nothing. They passed on it. They didn't option it or anything. But one important thing, and I'll never forget this, uh, one of the girls from his company, uh, her name was Kristen Friedrich, never forget that. I'll never forget that name. She called me from L.A. and said, Mark, we're going to pass on this, but here's what I think. Um, I think you should keep writing. And at the time, I was like, oh, thanks. But looking back now, uh, I'm I was I'm blown away that she took the time to write or to call me and say keep writing, yeah. Because that's just something that's not done. These guys are reading you know hundreds of scripts every day, trying to weed out the the junk from the you know from the the usable, and for her to take the time and call a brand new screenwriter who you know has never done anything and say you should keep writing, um, that pretty much fueled me for a yeah. while. Well, you yeah. got that's pretty. I don't want to say lucky, but it is a little bit that sure. you happen to be in this chat room with this person. Oh yeah, apparently is a legitimate serendipity because yeah, yeah. now that probably would not be. Oh yeah, true. Uh, I feel Back, like if they say film yeah. producer, it's the opposite of like the creepy old guy pretending to be a girl. That's why I was like, if you're it's probably a, my twelve yeah. year old daughter pretending to be yeah. a film <laughs> producer, <laughs> like movie producing, right? But uh, for that for that to be legitimate. Obviously, the idea was good. So I think there is some, there's still that mm -hmm. kind of preparation meets opportunity type sure. moment, right? Uh, and you had, you had some practice. You'd written 80 pages of, or 50 pages yeah. or whatever of your, so there was a little bit there. I mean, you were trying, but to have that opportunity then have a pretty positive response, uh, that's, yeah, that's a, it would be, I would it's a special that... opportunity. It was very unique, and, and looking back, it was just, like I said, I was very grateful that she did that. And, uh, yeah, there's a certain amount of luck <laughs> that uh, that goes with it, too. Cause, right place, right time. Exactly, yeah. Well, you put yourself out there also with this guy you didn't right. know. I've yeah. got an idea. I mean, that's the, biggest, yeah. that's the yeah. biggest hurdle for, I mean, for me, for a lot of things, and I think a lot of people, is just coming out with it and saying, hey, I do this, sure. you know, sure. what do you think? Yeah, and I think that I think that happens a lot where people are scared of rejection, so they're just sure, not, absolutely. Like you could have been the guy that. Well, I'm just not going to say anything because I don't want you to think I'm stupid. Yeah. You know, but taking that risk, whether it was the cavalier of youth <laughs> or <laughs> the ignorance, because <laughs> <laughs> there's sometimes like, well, I know this is the best idea ever, so mm -hmm. I'm just going to say it. But I think, especially as we get older, we start to kind of become a little bit more cautious, and I think you have a lot yeah. of times where mm -hmm. you refrain from volunteering yourself True. in whatever way you know I, one thing I've, I've always told my daughter growing up i said uh, i want you to know something shy people get exactly what they ask for nothing <laughs> well, that's true I think so that, that, that's our t-shirt for this week shy people get exactly what they ask for so 
what's the next step for you after this? Are you going to start specking script? Well, I guess you're doing rewrite, rewrite work. Um, like I said, the uh, Fearless Faith comes out next year. So um, basically it's, I guess, whatever. If anybody comes knocking again, then yeah, by golly, I'll, I'll be there for them. Are you still going to do any specs on this? Spec scripts. On spec, yeah. Um, I actually have kind of turned my attentions toward a novel, and it was the World War II one. Uh, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm like 90,000 words in, so I'm like, it's too much to toss away. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and try to finish that up because the difference between, uh, you know, writing prose and writing scripts is like i said if 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 you write a script that nobody can make then nobody sees it if you write a novel and even if no publishers come knocking you can still publish the thing yourself online the That's martian the marsh exactly that was my the martian 50 shades of gray 50 shades of gray was. yeah so yeah. this is i ask a lot of people this but it's what did you like what's your formal training before like you know zip Zip? Yeah. No uh, Sid Field was uh, for the screenplays. Okay. Um, trial and error. Uh, read a, did a lot of reading. Um, reading scripts is, is a good uh, way to go. See how other people do it. Okay. And then just trial and error. And, and I look at some of my first scripts. <laughs> Daniel's got some them. of my first scripts. Them. And I look at them and I'm just embarrassed because it's like yeah, I was trying to write prose. And, you know, you just can't do that in screenwriting. Uh, it's like, you know, I used, you know, a hundred words when 10 would have sufficed. Mm -hmm. So now it just, you know, you hone your craft and, and, and kind of get into a rhythm and find out what you're like. Uh, I cannot write horror to save my life. Uh, once you find your strengths, go with those. Um, I, I wrote a horror script one time and it was horrifying and not in a good way. Maybe that, maybe there's a way to make that work though. Just a oh. movie that's so, no, probably not. No, I, yeah, I think finding the thing where you're, it's almost like in singing, finding the key that best fits. Sure, absolutely. Your voice, you know, or genre, you know, right? Pop, the country, genre best fits. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree with that. Uh, so what? I don't know where I was going to go with the novel thing. Have you? Oh, have you found anything in writing a novelized version of yourself or of your own work? What has that strengthened for you as a writer? Basically, my biggest fault was, uh, as a screenwriter, I wasn't getting in touch with the characters. and uh, wasn't filling out their backstories. Whereas in prose writing, you're like, okay, why, why is this event significant to him? Or what's his inner motivation or something like that? So I found that getting to know my characters, their backstories, their motivations, their internal workings, um, a lot more with the prose because, you know, you have time to write it all out and... And you're like, okay, why why is he acting that way? And then you have to think, then you know, fill in the blank. Why is he acting that way? Right. Whereas you know, screenplays, it's it's like a, it's word economy. You have at most 120 pages, and that's that's lengthy for a script these days. Used to uh, 120 pages was the norm. Uh, now they're looking more like 90, uh, mm -hmm. 100, uh, and that's even that's kind of pushing it. They want lean. They want you know trim. They want polished. Um, like I said, prose, you, you can get to fill in those backstories and explore and kind of go off on different branches and tangents. So you can really get to know your characters and uh, their situations more. So I've heard some writers will actually almost write little... Biographies. Yeah, a couple page Absolutely. bios. Is that something that you would consider doing in the future? I have done none. Or I have done now, yeah. Um, just like, okay, maybe I need to get to know this guy better. <laughs> you know, what happened to him in third grade that, you know, or whatever, what, what is it? Where do, who are his parents? What do they do? Why, how would they influence? Were they even in the picture? You know, because right. all that uh, is instrumental to your character. You know, well, I would, what I would wonder how an actor would portray someone if there's not that much. Exactly. Not them in the, but you a know, lot of times I think actors things. apply their own backstory. They do. Mm -hmm. right. That's yeah. why you okay. have the conversation mm -hmm. of like, this is my motivation for this. Oh, yeah. Right. And that's one thing. So I, the only thing I've ever done is uh, uh, probably 20 or 30 of us got together and made a full-length movie, which is not a good starter project. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. Uh, but it, in doing that, it, it definitely, you learn why some of the conversations and things happen, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, as the writer, knew what I intended, and then the director wants something oh, yes. different. Uh, 
and then the actors are confused as to what's going on because you, right yeah. or they think it should be a certain way or you're sure. cut, you're shooting out of sequence and yep. the script may be being rewritten as you go it, or the end might be, yeah. not be done yet uh. <laughs> film is the most collaborative medium i mean there's a reason that they have all those names at the end of a movie mm-hmm. it's because everybody contributed something next right. mm-hmm. here's a challenge for your, for the listeners next time you watch a movie don't get up during the credits okay watch them count them if you can yeah and look how many people contributed something to that movie now sometimes it's a small budget film you know maybe a couple hundred people then you have your avengers where you know don't a few thousand of people because you know. i did sit through well yeah. everybody sits yes. through those but yeah. because you want to see it yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly it's non-stop but there's so. also probably four thousand names at the yeah. end of avengers yeah. But, but, uh, yeah every special effect shot has 40 people working on it at least four thousand special effect shots yeah yeah no i uh so yeah I it's a very collaborative pressed. Yeah. Even an indie film. I mean, Cabin Six. How many people worked on that? Cabin Six. Even uh, it's well. There was Mike. And he produced. He edited. And he directed. But then you still you had you know the actors come in. Mm-hmm. So there's more people contributing. Um, you had uh, the people that were locations. You know that were generous enough to let them shoot because uh, uh, interior and exterior. Those were two different cabins, by the way. If you ever right. watched the movie, yeah, yeah. Uh, one was interior and one was exterior shots. Um, you had people that loaned them automobiles, you know, because we had it was a period piece. You had wardrobe, you had makeup, you had even even a small, small, small film like that. You've still got a, you know, forty, ex, you know, fifty least. people. I'm yeah. working it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting trivia: uh, Walking Dead. You guys watch Walking Dead? Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Trainer played the park attendant in Cabin Six. He was the guy that uh, offed himself uh, with Glenn on top of the dumpster. Oh yeah, that was Michael Trainer. In... Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if I will anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. I watch it. If you're that far behind, I don't feel bad about spoiling the. Uh, okay, nope. so Michael Trainer though is zombies. who to you? He played a uh, cabin, uh, the cabin attendant, the okay. park attendant. Okay. In cabin I haven't six. seen Cabin Six in a long, long time. So. It's... Well, it's funny because we were watching Walking Dead. My wife and I were like, "That's Michael." And she's like, "What? <laughs> what?" And I'm like, "It's Michael." Wow. And, and then Michael, you can say, I gave that guy his start. Yeah, yeah. really? Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Without me, we wouldn't have that terrifying scene that didn't include Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Just saying. Yeah. That's all good. Um, no dumpster. No, <laughs> and Glenn lives all the Glenn, way till now. Glenn lives. Yeah. Glenn lives. That guy will probably never die. Nope. Nope. Which one's Glenn? <laughs> Not the dead one. I'm kidding. I'm trying to remember how he goes. <laughs> I know who he is. Maggie's husband? Come on, man. Get it together. Uh, Maggie's the baby Simpson. <laughs> With the pacifier. It's uh, Homer's kid. Yeah. He's like 40 now. Probably. He's still wearing that onesie. Yeah. Uh, What's wrong with that? <laughs> it's a singlet. <laughs> so take us through the, the script writing process. You have an idea. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, you just sit down, start hammering at it, and see what happens. But now, yep. maybe you do a little bit of background sure. work. So Outline. What, it, what yeah. does it look like today if you were to sit down and start? Okay, I'm going to start writing something from scratch. Uh, basically, uh, when you get an idea, it depends on if you're writing it for yourself or somebody else. Uh, like when I was writing for Kevin Otto, he already had the idea. He said, "Now write it." I'm like, "Oh, okay." So he had done uh, some work on the script, and I kind of revamped that and just added on to it and said, this is, you know, here's the direction I think. But if it's an original script, then basically you're just kind of, it's like I said, trudging through snow. <laughs> um, you just kind of figure out, okay, I usually have an idea of how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. And, but the journey, it's kind of like a road trip. You know where you're going, but you're not quite sure, you know, you have a kind of a rough idea. Okay, I'm going to shoot up this highway and go that way and that, but you're not going to, you're not sure what you're going to see along the way until you get there. So that's kind of one of the joy of writing um, is sometimes you get those pleasant surprises, uh, but you usually just have an idea of where you're going. Otherwise you tend to drive in circles. Right. So for me, it's like, okay, what kind of story am I going to tell? What's the, you know, the purpose of it? What's the the inner story, you know, the, the theme or the whatever. Um, How's it going to end and how do I get there? And, you know, it's in, in screenwriting, you have the, your, you know, your, they call it the paradigm. It's the three act structure. Uh, that's basically a skeleton and it's up to you to add the muscles and the, the flesh and the hair and the tones and all that stuff. So, uh, it, it's kind of a, it gives you a roadmap of where you're going. Um, 
so you just kind of kind of piece it together from there do you write in a linear way like do you write from beginning to end what i usually what i've gotten to do now is uh, the first thing i do is sit down with a, with a notepad and write out the three act structure okay here's my first act here's my uh, my hook you know the first 10 pages or five 10 pages or whatever the setup uh here's my plot point one which you know spins it into the second act mm-hmm. here's my midpoint which you know uh, if i'm going to spoil this for anybody watching movies <laughs> uh your midpoint is the point where everything is opposite like right. uh, star wars the first half of the movie was them running from the empire uh, the second half was them engaging the empire right. it's usually the op- the opposite so midpoint term for that <laughs> yeah wait aaron just he called it the m night shamalaman movie <laughs> oh that's so. an interesting twist yeah right so yeah and then uh, just follow point two okay that leads you to your black moment where everything's you know gone wrong uh, and then your third part act is your resolution. Like, okay, how am I going to get him out of trouble? And what's how am I going to end this? You know. And then you just start playing. So for me, I actually found I don't remember where I read it. Tarantino did this. I know for one movie for sure. But kind of finding sometimes you have a scene that when you're thinking about something, it's like mm-hmm. that scene grabs your attention. And Absolutely. So you just sit down and write that scene. Absolutely. And I started like, okay, like I know. I know this scene's going to happen and this one's going to happen. I would just write those because they're interesting and absolutely. engaging me. And absolutely. then I start like, oh, okay, well, now I have to drive from here to there yep. <laughs> to actually get... Yep. So you just create a lot of midpoints. You Whenever know, I am writing, I actually have a certain area, either whether it's my prose with my novel or whether it's my screenplay, I call it the boneyard. Mm-hmm. If I have an idea, boom, it goes in the boneyard and... Then at the end of the script, or you know, it's it's kind of like okay, I'll pick this from the boneyard and put it over here. I'll pick this from the boneyard and put it over here. Where would this fit? Where does you know? And sometimes you have leftovers. Sometimes you use the whole thing. Um, but if you have an inspiration like that, you absolutely write that sucker down, put it in the boneyard, and you know you have some great scenes that way because you're like ooh, and you know, sometimes it flows like a. A river. Other times, you know, you're trying to squeeze water from a rock. But ideas, you know, if you get a hold of them, you know, go with them. And are, save them. That being said, are you a person that just writes when you feel like it, or are you a I'm going to write from six to six thirty or whatever? With my schedule, it's it's changes. So sometimes I try to sit down, but I mean, uh, let's face it, sometimes you sit down and it's like this is not happening, <laughs> and you you kind of come to realize that okay, I'm just, this isn't happening today. So other times you sit down and you're like you can't stop, and you're like I don't want to eat because I'm I'm working on this and it's flowing, and I'm afraid if I stop it won't flow anymore. So so yeah, are you better with a deadline or without? Um, it depends on the deadline. Like tomorrow. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually work pretty good under pressure. Like uh, the Fearless Faith movie, they were actually when when they hired me to do the rewrites for Fearless Faith. Uh, Kevin, they're both named Kevin. Kevin and Kevin. Um, they're like, hey, can you do the locations for this and and change the slug lines and all that good stuff to because we're we're gonna start shooting you know looking for shooting locations. Oh yeah, no problem. Well, I started rewriting the script as I went along, thinking, okay, we can combine this scene and that way it's because you know the more scenes you have and the more locations, the higher the budget. So uh, what I was doing was like, if we combine this scene and this scene, um, you know, you can get the, the same shoot and, and a longer day at this location. You won't have to break down. You won't have to move. Right. Um, that kind of thing. So when I was redoing that, then uh, it just yeah I could turn into a rewrite. And when I was rewriting the thing, I was like, I, I did like ten pages. I was like, hey, here by the way, I rewrote these ten pages. What do you think? And they're like, um, whisper, whisper, whisper. Hey, why don't you why don't you go ahead and rewrite the rest of it? And I was like, okay. I said, when you need it by, and they're like, uh, as soon as possible. I'm like, okay. So I'm writing, writing. Come to find out, they're like, um, are you done yet? And I'm like, am I done yet? And they're like, yeah, we start shooting in a week. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess you need that, don't you? So, uh, yeah. You became the writer on the set, rushing and, pages over oh, as they go to the I, scene. I wish I could have been on the set. They they invited me down. They shot one that down in Louisiana, too. Louisiana has a uh, great tax credit oh, for yeah, filmmakers. It's awesome right now. Yeah, so cool. they were shooting it like the next week, and I got it done in like three days. I rewrite, and uh, they're like, wow, did you sleep? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I was guarding a mall. Yeah. Uh, is, there, is there a specific place you write in your house or you go to? Or It's funny. I have a laptop, your... and mm-hmm. so it can be uh, – it's kind of funny. They call me the norm of Chick-fil-A because I have a little booth over there. That I, <laughs> I kid you not, I, I, some of my best writing was done at Chick-fil-A. Um, I'm sitting over there in the booth with my chicken nuggets and my sweet tea and uh, just pounding away. But uh, I, I try to write wherever. Um, 
kitchen table. No, seems better than the other. No, Chick Fil A not on a Sunday. Yeah, not on a yeah, Sunday. No writing on Sundays. I tried to get the keys, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'll take good care of you. I'm it. a shoe in. I'm here every day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, on a deadline, you know, it kind of adds that extra. Otherwise, I tend to get lazy. So when you're when you are writing, what are the rules for you and everyone around or wherever you are for that? Is there a certain rule? We call it like a shop rule. What's your shop rule? Actually, there aren't any really. If, if the kids need something, they come and get me. <laughs> hey, Dad. They know. Uh, all right. So, so that writer that, who locks himself in a room and the, nobody can I, talk to you. Oh, I lock myself in Chick-fil-A. So <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of my go-to place. Which is sad because you don't have the keys. And then you're exactly. Yeah, exactly. They realize that he was just in the bathroom the whole time. Yeah. It's funny. I have a, a sticker on my laptop that says, writer at work, don't disturb. So it's, That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I bet people's stomach go, are you really? Yeah. You know, I've, I've waited for that. <laughs> and never nobody's never. The, really? What are you writing? Exactly. Nobody ever come up. Oh, what man. are you writing? That's... You should change your sticker to, I'm writing something, please ask. Yeah, please bug <laughs> me. validation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what's something that for you is something you carry every day? What's your everyday carry? My wallet. No. Oh, you mean <laughs> my car keys? <laughs> I mean, what's something you, you like don't leave the house they without? Carry with you yeah. or your laptop? I mean, is there something you like jot yeah. ideas down in or? Uh, my phone. Uh, I have a whole folder of if if something comes to me and I don't want to forget it, then yeah, I tap it in my my notes of my phone. I have pages and pages and pages of of ideas and jokes, and every now and then I'll go through them and like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I'm glad I wrote it down. So yeah, I, I do carry the uh, the phone with me. Phones are our memories. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Laptop I carry when I can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you like voice record stuff too? So if you're driving, I mean, do you ever have just a great idea and like have to pull over and? Uh yeah, I do not text and drive. That would be dangerous. Well, I'm not saying, but you can voice record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you get those funny, you know, where it misinterprets what you said and oh. it comes out completely <laughs> different. <laughs> oh. You I see. I was just talking about voice I, recorder. I actually yeah. had oh, yeah. one of the little like mini tape recorders <laughs> back when I started playing music because I had to write a little lyrics. So in my car, fortunately, <laughs> I guess in a weird way, didn't have a working radio. So I had nothing oh, to wow. do but sit there and sing. Imagine. That's 21 Pilots material right there. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> my car radio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lost me. Oh, okay. It's a song. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yes. But uh, yeah, yeah, so I would actually like record. So you just need the old school tape recorder. Uh, I just my my phone uh, that way I can just jot it down and yeah and so cool and Dick Tracy like if you note to sell uh, yeah, get a voice recorder. <laughs> <laughs> so we like to ask everybody um, this one thing. Yeah, this one thing, and you have to. We'll say it and you just finish the sentence, right? Okay. I wish I could win the lottery. <laughs> that's the first right, for that. Yeah, we haven't had that one yet. Yeah, no, not at uh, all. Okay, that's well, good. there are no wrong. I, I say that facetiously, yeah. um, but but not really. If well, you won the lottery, he'd yeah, be okay with well, it. Well, not I, I only financial that, freedom, yeah. you could you know invest in, into making more movies, right? Uh, that kind of yeah. thing. So I guess what I'm really saying is, uh, if I could you know get a future in and and where my sole income is from screenwriting, great. That would be that would be awesome. Right now, it's just kind of a hobby that that pays every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could do it full time um, and make the kind of money that you know Hollywood makes, that, that would be perfect because then I could stay home and and dedicate myself to the thing that I truly love. So uh, I say it facetiously, but if I were to be able to get into that world where I could do it full time, then that would be awesome. That would be. I did cool. forget to ask one thing though. What it, if I were looking at becoming a screenwriter? Yes. Become a novelist. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that is not uplifting advice. Uh, but it, it's a challenge. Um, it's taken me twenty-five years just to. Uh, and again, my the only original material that I've got made is Cabin Six. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I'm just doing rewrites on other people's projects, which I'm entirely thankful for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is such a hard business to get your own stuff made, unless you're wanting to go into the producing aspect, where uh, you know if you want to write and you want to make this thing yourself, go for it. Uh, just be aware that if you if you want to be a screenwriter, um, it, it's not easy. It's it's really not. Whereas, like I said earlier, uh, screenwriting, if you write something that on a script that nobody's going to see, nobody's already you know, mm-hmm. it's never going to get made. Um, it, but if you write a novel, you can self-publish. Um, so if you go into screenwriting, if you actually feel compelled to do that, great, more power to you. It's just a very competitive field. Uh, there's only you know thousands of screenplays get written, only a few get produced. 
So just kind of know what you're going up against. But I, I do think you have the accessibility we have to equipment is not like you mm. and I in the mid nineties, right? Sure. Like we could run out with a phone and shoot something. Okay. You can. Yeah. And so I, I, well, I guess it depends on what you want to do with it. I mean, if you just yeah. want something to, to put on YouTube, great, go for it. Yeah. Um, if you want something, so to if I in. do want to put something on YouTube, mm -hmm. what, what would be your advice to me? It's like, I mean, 10 year old me wants to write, like, right, go for it, go for it. Um, just, I mean, the, the, the thing about YouTube is, is drawing viewers. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you can put something up there and get zero hits on the thing. You know, nobody ever watched it. And again, it could go viral. You just never know. Right. So, uh, it just depends on, I guess, your content, your audience and how you can get people to, to view it. I like just go for it though. There was a young Mark McCann that one time just went for it with a movie producer on That's AOL. true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. My friends and I always say if, if YouTube was around when we were in high school, we'd be all over that thing. Right. So uh, don't let that dissuade you um, if, if that's what you want. And uh, um, episodic television is really big right now. If you want to make something that goes out in 15 minute increments, mm -hmm. go for it. You know, oh, yeah. And expand your storyline. And, 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 uh, but, uh, you know, if you, want, if you can do it low budget. Uh, go for it. You might. Who knows? My strip, lightning might strike. Because there is episodes. Yeah, exactly. We are content hungry. Mm -hmm. I think there there's arguably more opportunity. You might not get paid super well or whatever, but I think mm -hmm. there's avenues for putting stuff out there and getting feedback, which really ultimately is the thing that kind of starts helping you hone your craft. You Depends know? on the feedback. Some people out there are really so not you're nice. Saying, you're saying that my, my feedback wasn't useful, yeah. apparently. Well, you weren't it. trolling. I just say, you know, you, when people are anonymous... I was Mark's real-life oh. troll. Yeah. So, uh, Mark, oh. would the bomb really not go through the bulletproof glass? Oh, my yeah. God. Would you actually... Thanks, uh, Daniel. How's this kid charging this phone? <laughs> that was an actual question. I was like, doesn't his phone die Solar. Solar chargers. Were we listening to something where it was a uh, no it was on the Duresta making it right it's uh they were saying there's those people well actually people oh yeah wasn't that well actually the phone would have died after yeah. six hours oh, yeah. well, actually, there's the naysayers oh, yes yeah, yeah. it's always something uh, you oh, know yeah. that's i have to tell my parents that if they're watching oh they'd never do that and i'm like Hey, what part of fiction yeah. don't you get? This None of this would happen. Yeah, Come on, just go with it. Man. Yeah, when, you, when you put something out and people can post anonymously, you're not going to get you know all good right. stuff. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, the movie will be out this Friday. August 24th. When this, mm -hmm. when this movie releases, August 24th, but it'll be this Friday. Nationwide. Uh, Beautifully broken nationwide. Absolutely. It will be playing in the Malco Razorback 16, right? Locally, it will be at the Razorback in Fayetteville and the uh, Pinnacle and Rogers. Okay. And uh, then also Fort Smith if, if it's down there. Otherwise, look at your nearest movie theater. Uh, you can go to the website, actually, beautifullybrokenmovie.com. You can enter your zip code, and it will tell you the closest location. Okay. Oh, and actually, sweet. do you have yeah. any... like? Uh, Social media avenues that people could look at, or uh, if they want to watch the trailer, just go to YouTube, type in uh, "beautifully broken movie." Um, that'll take them to the trailer. Uh, I think Regal Cinemas has one uh, that's it's about two minutes long. It'll, it'll play the uh, the trailer. They can also go to the website uh, beautifullybrokenmovie dot com and uh, find out locations. They can download banners, uh, desktop. Uh, uh, pictures uh, videos um, they can also check out the soundtrack um, on, uh, on YouTube and uh, yeah it's a very cool. beautifully broken Excellent. movie yeah. are you active on social media at all I am yeah, I'm on Facebook and uh, most of my posts nowadays like uh, be sure to remember beautifully broken so <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah. Mark McCann on Facebook and we'll yes. have a link in show notes mm -hmm. I guess and then do you do any Instagram or anything or is Facebook kind of your main I actually just recently got back into Facebook I'm I'm trying to catch up now I've been so non-tech for a while yeah I, I've stayed out of social media and I was like you know we should start a podcast yeah that probably requires zero social media <laughs> oh, <laughs> nope. it's all the social media <laughs> like yeah. Aaron today I opened Instagram and I clicked a like button I've done all my work for the day <laughs> <laughs> Instagram what is that oh man is that a cracker Remember, yeah exactly <laughs> i yeah. thought it was a, a just a dial-up grandmother service <laughs> instagram yeah, so, yeah. well we hello really... shiny <laughs> you're hungry <laughs> get off my yard uh, i like how the end there's always 20 minutes of like do i keep the cracker oh, joke or do i have <laughs> cracker instagram said to bring up like instagram crackers oh, oh. Yes. he's yeah. been saving that since... no that was mark's that's the writer over there he's yeah. gonna start writing my jokes well it was good then since mark came up with it 
I have to pay him five dollars now. I'm holding my hand out for this. Get this on video. Oh wait, no. I was painting pens. There you go. Check and make sure they work. I don't write anyway. His are for show. Nope. Like like a movie exec. No, but we do want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks for having us. Just even catching up. Yeah. Very interesting. A lot yeah. of uh, stuff I didn't know about. I mean, you're probably the biggest celebrity we've had so far. Oh, well. You're Hollywood. I appreciate I'll that. I'll just call you Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> hey, remember the little people. Yeah. I'll, I'll Although I'm not name, getting but... any littler. Oh, I just uh, keep getting bigger. Oh, oh, I am one of the little people, so I... <laughs> oh. <laughs> when little people remember little people. <laughs> littler people. Yes. You can uh, stand on our shoulders. <laughs> we can't carry the movie, but we can carry right. you. I'm going to hit this little button that stops you from saying stuff, I think. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, guys, for uh, listening to this episode with Mark McCann, uh, screenwriter for Beautifully Broken. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, there's a... I mean, I, I think I say this every time, and there's, there's plenty of things that go on that you just, you know, don't know about until you talk about it. Yeah, you and know? interesting how you kind of end up in this world that, like, you wouldn't really, as a ghost... Not a ghostwriter, but as, like, a revisionist for screenwriting, because um, I oh, think yeah. everybody kind of imagines you're bringing your own thing, but he really enjoyed mm-hmm. the taking the other person's puzzle and cleaning it up. Yeah. I think that's pretty yeah. fascinating. Fresh Nick, how did you feel about that interview? Yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. Like, Nick's he, lying. He wasn't here and has no idea. That's okay, though. <laughs> Nick, thanks for sticking around. Um, your <laughs> episode's you. coming out in a couple weeks, I'm sure. Uh, it was such a pleasure to catch up with you, man. Um, and thanks for being a, a listener and supporter of the yeah. show. Well, so. thanks uh, for fueling the white wine, man. Yeah, yeah. and that's uh, Nikki Luna. Love is amazing. You can check it out on iTunes and basically anywhere podcasts can be found. Thanks, Thank man. You.